Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, what's shaking, everybody? Welcome to, once again, the Disjointed Podcast. This is a live episode or, or stream live here on Spreaker. I'm going to put the link in uh, the comments. So if you're not a friend of mine on Facebook, definitely come by and say hi. and Or just follow us on Spreaker, uh, the Disjointed Podcast on there, or wherever you listen to podcasts from. This week, uh, I... Actually, I've been doing a lot more of these lately, uh, and which I'm really glad that I, I that I am. But uh, every now and then, I want I, I want to talk about politics, but I don't because I know that I really don't know shit about politics. And so sometimes I like to talk to people who know way more than I do, and uh, which I think is a good habit for people to do. So this week, I've got Derek Blanton, our returning champ to the podcast. Hello, sir. Thank you so much for coming back. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Thanks. Uh, I'm posting the links to the comments now, which if you're listening to this a week from now, you're like, this is super boring. But you know what? I try to give as much ammo to uh, the people who follow Derek's timeline as possible and who are, by the way, the angriest fuckers on, on Facebook. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, uh, I you might try it, man. You might see what happens. Like, <laughs> you're going to get well, some stuff done. I, I, I one day just out of morbid curiosity because it was somebody said something really nasty. I can't even remember what it was, but I noticed it was like you got a couple of people that apparently part of their day is going through your feed to try to find something and just like lash out at you about, right? Dude, and, they come up, they tell me, they tell me like when they see me in person, like uh-huh. there's somebody who just hates hates everything I post, and if they see me at some like rally or event or something they will mm-hmm. come all the way across from wherever they are just to tell me like it, it's it, one of two things it's either i hate everything you post and they're super nice yeah. or it's i love everything you post and they're super nice but they actually hate everything i post so right those are the two the two it, kinds of fans i have <laughs> it's really bizarre man like i don't know if you if i'm sorry i don't know if are you doing a podcast now or are you have one yourself no, no, I don't have a, a podcast. I'm not trying to get all Joe Rogany on you, but you totally need to do a podcast just because you've got so much to say. I think it would be you. I mean, because I already know you got the personality for it. You're, you're, you know, it doesn't take brains to do this. Because trust me, you know. But um, I, I don't know. I just maybe I feel like you've been trying to resist doing a podcast about politics for the past. Well, since the last one you had, the controlling the conversation one. Yeah, I guess um, I, I, I would say you're right. I kind of did. Um, and there is part of me that wants to get back to it, especially when I don't have a political job. When I don't have a political job, it really makes me want to get into politics because um, – well, podcasting because um, it's a way to stay involved in politics and still talking about it and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I really do – it's funny you say that because I, I do want to do some sort of content making where I get my voice out there about politics and my ideas and analysis or whatever, but – I just don't um, – I don't have my thoughts in order. So I definitely do want to 
I, you don't I'm, need thoughts in order to do this. Trust me. Like, <laughs> have you listened to any of the episodes that we did? Oh my God. Well, I, the other thing is I've also burned a lot of access bridge. You know yeah. what I mean? Nice. Uh, yeah. So the more you say what you really think, um, the less people who don't like what you say are going to want to talk to you. <laughs> um, especially when they're like, Oh crap, this guy might ask me stuff that's uncomfortable. Right. So, um, and I mean, that's politics for you. Um, if you don't, if you don't say what people like, if you don't soothe people's egos, then they're not going to want to to give you access to what they're going to say. So it's it's tough. If if you want to really get people, um, I'll give you an example. There's a guy who's probably about my mortal enemy now. His name's um, Paul Rosenthal, and I I'm one of the many people. Lots of people helped kick this dude out of office. Back when I had a podcast, I asked him to be on my show. And he was totally cool about it. I hadn't, he'd never heard of me before, but you know what he said? He's like, um, you're not trying to set me up, though, are you? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, what, what, why would I do that? I don't know you. Now that I know him, mm-hmm. I would totally do that. And he, he knows me now, and he knows I would totally do that. So he would never come on my show, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that, that type of trade-off. Where, you know, I think I'd rather talk about politics yeah. with people who don't, know, don't, don't think they know a lot about politics because um, – you know, you find that those people actually have politics going on all in their lives. They just, uh, you know, it's just their life. Yeah. They don't look at it like politics because they don't have brain worms. They're just regular people instead of politicos. Well, it's kind of, I, I remember, uh, I know there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. And that's kind of where I keep it at because I'm just trying to focus on, like a lot of people focus on the, pro- focus on the problem that's right in front of me, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody, there was something in the office uh, where it, I forgot this was maybe two months ago and it was, it was like a weird touchy subject, but the whole, somebody in the office basically said, Oh, everybody lies. It just, you can't believe anybody. And I'm, and it's funny. All, all I kept thinking was like, Hmm, no more need to think here then. Phew. That's all done. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I got that out of the way. So I find myself somewhere in between. Like I'm not that far from that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's not – I mean, I, when I hear that, like, that's the person I identify with. All my family, my whole family is conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them are Trump voters. And when I talk about politics with them and what, like, inspires me to want to do more in politics, they, they, say, they say that exact line. Well, they all lie. And, but somehow, when they all lie, that's some reason to default back to the vote for Republicans, uh, which is weird to me. <laughs> because you think well you know you know i actually can kind of understand it now with trump because uh you know trump says he lies constantly right he lies constantly but he never he never says anything different he never expects you to believe that he wouldn't lie or that he's not corrupt and then we have these democrats that come and they act like they're the greatest thing on earth and they're the most honest bastard in the world when they're just as bad as the Republicans. And instead of saying, I'm just as bad as this guy, but here's why you should vote for me, they say, hey, I, I'm an honest person and we need to get this dishonest person out. And everyone can look and say, no, you're both dishonest. So how are you supposed to choose the one saying, I'm honest, when you know they're dishonest, when you can just go for the one who says, I'm dishonest <laughs> and I wouldn't lie to you about it? Right. Well, <laughs> There was uh, there was this old uh, this lawyer who used to come in. He had a stroke. I might have mentioned him on a previous podcast, but uh, he used to have like commercials on uh, on the airwaves of Denver. So he was one of the bigger, um, I would say, lawyers or you know Denver lawyers. I would say in the '90s and probably going back further than that. 
And uh, he had had a stroke, and his brain wasn't... He was, like, in permanent fight mode all the time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, everything had to be an argument, and he had to go guns blazing on everything. Which was, like, he didn't know... There was no volume control on him anymore. And he is... I mean, at least in the restaurant, he alienated so many people. And I'm like, ah, jeez. It's kind of like... If I could show the internet trolls what they're going to look like when they're seventy, like this is that's exactly what I would have done. This is where that this is where that leads. Like, look at this picture. But he said something that was uh, pretty profound, where it was like, it doesn't matter who's good or who's evil. It's who's weak or who's strong. That's oh, the only gosh. thing that that people care about when leadership, and that's the sad thing about humanity. And I was I- like. I don't see how he's wrong. Yeah, he's not. And I was like, huh, that that is interesting. I mean, it's it's so one of the things when you mentioned about like you know like a Democrat saying, oh, I'm the honest person. And first of all, every I had this bit where I was like, everything is flipped up. So I, I stopped watching the news because if it's not going to make up to a guy, if it doesn't make any sense to a guy who just woke up from a coma, like back in the Obama administration, they're like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, uh, let's see, Trump is the president. Uh, the DNC is rigging their own primaries, and Republicans are trying to give money to poor people. Like, <laughs> oh, like what? Like, yep, I'm going back into my coma, man. Thanks. This is, <laughs> you guys are nuts. But I, coming from a point, and I know because you 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 were in middle management hell as well uh, with, with pizza with uh, with sexy pizza. People think like being honest with everybody is necessary. It should be you should be honest with everybody, but sometimes when you have different people wanting different things and you have to try to make that whole entire restaurant work it's not always about being straightforward all the time sometimes you have to still be honest but you got to put the truth in a particular way you have to be very tactful otherwise because the only other option is to be super authoritative authoritative i guess is is that the word i'm looking for authoritative yeah yeah you could be that like either you do what i tell you you're fucking out of here which Mm -hmm. you could do that but that's not the boss that I wanted to be. I don't think I was a boss that you wanted to be. But it's kind of like, no, that's that's kind of that's where the tricky thing is. Now that's only with a staff of maybe ten people. I can't imagine what a city is like or a state or a congressional district or even the presidency or anything like that. So it's kind of weird where I'm like, why is honesty uh, even an issue at this point? <laughs> I mean it should be, <laughs> right? But at the same right. time, I'm like, there's no way you could do this job without lying to anybody. So the first guy that says, no, I'm honest, you're like, shut the fuck up, you know. Well, I think in order to be, you know, truly honest in politics and win, you got to be a little bit ruthless. And I think we really saw with Bernie dropping out today that, I mean, I love the man, but dude ain't ruthless. Nope. He did not, he didn't attack, I mean, the only people he attacked through this entire primary, as much as... As much as you would hear all the other campaigns crying about how how mean he was and how mean his supporters were, the only people he ever attacked this whole time were Michael Bloomberg, mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Biden for taking money from billionaires, mm-hmm. and Pete Buttigieg for taking money from billionaires. Nothing else. Nothing right. else. And so this is what like I pose to Democrats. Like, how do you expect somebody to be this nice right, and make the case that they are the better alternative than – all these other people, right? And the only case that Bernie had to make was these people are bribed. Like they're all part of the same system. That's why they're all li- lining up against me. That's why they're all taking money from the same donors. Mm-hmm. And they want something different than me, and they're paid to get that. 
and I am paid by you to go get you health care and get you free college and get you all this other shit that you want, a Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. And he didn't – because he, he had his friends in there like Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren and all this other stuff. And he couldn't go in there and say that. I mean he could have. And mm-hmm. I, I think if he did, he would have won because people do not – are not going to look at you and say, hey, yeah, I – I know this whole system's corrupt, and it's why you don't have health care, and it's why the people now who have the most money have the most money than anybody who's ever lived on this planet, and there's hundreds of them now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can't go in there and say that all the people who are enabling that system to be in existence are your friends, and you just have a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. That's People aren't going to get on board, and I was actually really surprised on how many people we lost uh, – to either another candidate or to just saying, Bernie can't win. Um, I, I had an ex-girlfriend who she is an academic. She's a very smart person. And she mm-hmm. told me before this, oh, I'm not supporting Bernie because the DNC is never going to let him win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as somebody who's a smart person, college at like higher, higher education than me, can look at this whole system and be like, I'm not even going to try because these guys are going to rob it. Mm-hmm. You can't go in saying, oh, well, these are all my friends. And I'll support whoever wins at the end. Not yeah, work. and I, I don't think we're going to see a candidate like him ever again, you know, mm-hmm. um, because this is, oh, man, I'm not trying to run bits on you, I swear, but, um, like, I, I I got this idea from, uh, because I was at a mic, and I think it was, like, three comedians in a row who were atheists were kind of trashing, they say they're trashing religion, I just think they're trashing Christianity, which are totally welcome to. It's not like it doesn't have faults or anything like that, right? But it's kind of weird. I'm like, just say what it is. You're not talking about all religion. <laughs> you're, you're talking about this one specific one. And they might have completely legitimate reasons for it, or they could just be going along with what everybody else is doing. Six of one, half dozen of the other. And so <laughs> I I went, and when I went up, I was like, you know, I I was raised Southern Baptist, and I did a lot of, spent a lot of time at Sunday school, did some missionary work when I was younger. And uh, I don't know if you guys have, but let me, let me explain. I, you, I, I could see you guys are trying to make the world a better place, but you didn't grow up with Jesus or the story of Jesus. So let me tell you in a nutshell is don't bother. Like, <laughs> seriously, don't. Don't try to make this world a better place. They'll fucking hate you for it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Literally, it doesn't matter who you are or who your dad is. Right? They don't give a shit. And that's it's kind of like a sad thing here. Not that I'm, I guess I'm trying to put a parallel between Bernie and Jesus, but uh, I mean, Jewish yeah. carpenter. Yeah, Jewish carpenter who, you know, yeah, said, Jesus was feed from the poor and clothe the yeah. poor and all that shit. I mean, he's yeah. about as close as we're going to get. Yeah, exactly. And so they're like, "Fuck that." So, but I, I think um, it kind of goes holds true. They don't want a lamb to be in charge. They want a lion. So mm-hmm. uh, little things, even though, like, um, gosh, what was it? It was the first time that he ran. Uh, and the Black Lives uh, Matter protesters uh, took the mic from him. I think that mm-hmm. things like that, I think, sunk him. Whether you believe in, uh, the, if you wanted to listen to them or not, letting somebody take the mic, you know, it's not like they went up there and shoved him out of the way, but it's still, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, hmm, I don't know. Uh, but then again, I haven't seen that in a long time, so I could be talking out of school. So See, well, here's the thing is that I don't think, maybe to some people, squashing those kinds of people 
that does seem strong, but I don't think that really looks strong because those are those are voters, those are protesters, those are oh, people who that's who a no like, situation. That's absolutely a no win situation. Well, see, yeah. I actually think that like what he did, he brought them on stage and let them speak, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, I'm not perfect in in the way I've I've voted. Like mm-hmm. if they have issue with me, like they also had issue with all the other candidates, and they were just assholes mm-hmm. ignored him. Um, and he brought them on stage and said, well, you know, they have. A voice, and whenever that happened, except for I think there were some topless protesters in Nevada that mm-hmm. may have been uh, picked up and taken off the stage. Right. Uh, anti-meat protesters, but um, mm. besides that one, with the Black Lives Matter one, they're like, yeah, yeah, because here's the thing: is that Bernie was talking about a movement of us, right? right. Um, of a movement of of not not me, us, that us people would take this back, and so I don't really have much of a problem with regular people being able to take the mic and aggressively come up and be like, Hey, I have a voice and, and Bernie saying, yeah, you know, that's, that, that, that's actually, I see as a strength, but I, you know, you can't, you have to have enemies. Trump mm-hmm. called enemies. Trump pointed out, said, these are the people who were, who were hurting you. Mm-hmm. Bernie never said that. Yeah. And you can't be having no health insurance, be in, you know, $50,000 of student debt, Living in a shithole, uh, you know, no child care, no paid family leave. You can't be having all these situations, right? Yeah. Having the rich getting richer and then saying, oh, well, it's nobody's fault <laughs> except for these billionaires. And you can't say who's helping them. Why do the billionaires have power? Because they're buying they're buying everybody else who's going against him. So I think that if he were able to harness that power of people – um, and say, you know, we are the army, and we have to turn that against these people, against these politicians. That could have worked. I, I don't think it was, um, you know, letting people on stage to speak. I think it was not calling out the powerful. You know, you got to cr- be able to crush the powerful, like Trump did. He crushed Rubio, Bush, mm. Cruz, Scott Walker. He crushed them all. You know, so funny is that he, because the guy's been used to being in. Like he went against, you know. And a popularity, and I'm, these aren't my words, but uh, you, he went into a popularity contest. Who, who's a guy who has been living a popularity contest since the eighties? So right. It's not like he didn't know how to get people's attention. He did everything, and then he just started just clowning on everybody. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like Creepy Joe. That's good. I'm going to see so many Creepy Joe bumper stickers. I'm uh, popping up here pretty soon. I'm going to have one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's going to be... (laughs) Uh, thanks for sharing the post, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of weird. Like, 
I, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give Biden a chance. I'm like, all right. So now, if you got the nomination, where are you gonna move to? Let mm-hmm. me see because I think what it also happened with, um, with, uh, I would say with the, I don't know if it's the entire left or just the Democrats and stuff. I think. Uh, I know some folks were like, mm, I don't want to deal with anybody who's a centrist. Oh, I don't want to deal with anybody who's too far left and stuff. I'm like, okay. So there was, it's, it's, I don't know. It was bizarre. Like I, that really I, doesn't make sense anymore. Does it? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you kind of want, like, I want nothing but the far left. Like really, how are you going to get Republicans to vote for somebody who's on the super far left? And well, what what does yeah. that even mean anymore, though? Because just think about it. Like Republicans just went in the stimulus package from um, taxation is theft, spending is theft, you're spending right. other people's money to, <laughs> hey, we have a bailout crisis. Why don't we just give people money? Did Obama give anybody money? No. So this whole idea of what's left and what's right, like Trump. I, I haven't agreed with everything uh, regarding Trump's like tariff and trade war and everything, but mm. that is some of some of the stuff that Bernie was talking about. So regarding trade, regarding bailouts, mm-hmm. Trump is to the left. Yeah. So now, like I, I agree with you. Anybody who's saying, "Oh, I want to vote as far left as possible, as far right as possible," well, you're fucked because guess what? All these people are spread around on everything. Mm. We got two guys accused of rape, <laughs> um, mm. who are the, the two major candidates. Um, Trump is talking about enacting Medicare for all temporarily to cover this coronavirus thing, while Biden just said that he would veto Medicare for all if he were to pass the House and set it and land on his desk under a Democrat-controlled <laughs> government. So there is no right and left anymore. Like, there is a center. Center. Yeah. There is a center. There will always be a center because the center doesn't have a goddamn idea. The center yeah. says, oh, well, you have an idea and you have an opposing idea, and let me tell you what. I haven't thought about this at all, but I know it's somewhere in the middle is the right answer, which is not the right fucking answer ever. <laughs> Somebody can be right. Someone can be wrong. It can be somewhere in the middle. But a centrist, a piece of shit centrist will always tell you it's in the middle and vote Democrat. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, that's, that's interesting that you say it's it's so weird. Like I, I uh, the, when as soon as the first time I knew everything was like it was serious. As soon as when when I heard uh, I was watching the press briefing and he was like, we need to get money in the hands of Americans right away. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. I'm, I'm like, I'm turning my laptop upside down, making sure that I got it. I'm looking at it the right way. And I was like, ah, that this shit must be serious. So I think what it was is why suddenly so many Republicans were on board because they had this ideology about the free market could fix everything. Uh-huh. And suddenly without labor. The free market can't do shit. And right. Like, Holy crap. So how are we going to do this? And so, hey, you know what? I'm glad that they said, oh, shit. Well, we're going to have to make an adjustment here. We'll have to do something. And I'm sure they're going to find a way to make it so that way they're, the, it comes out better for them. You know, Right. I, Which I, they I to- did. Yeah. They, they, they totally did that. They, mm-hmm. y- you're right. You know what their ideology is? Mm-hmm. We want to win elections. Yeah. <laughs> We've been winning for the past 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, other than the presidency, when Obama had that. They had flipped a thousand seats um, yeah. below the presidency, uh, and they don't—they have no interest in losing an election. Yeah. So Republicans will actually listen and be like, "Oh, hey, what we're talking about isn't going to work for this." So yeah. they're reactionary. They will try whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they will try yeah. literally anything from 
from concentration camps to socialism, they don't give a fuck care what the option is as long as it's going to win them votes. Right. And the problem with the Democrats is that they see this and they say, well, we're going to oppose everything they do. Yeah, my, <laughs> Not a good idea when they're yeah, all over the place. Which is what which is what Republicans did when they controlled the House and Senate, right? When Obama was in office, no matter, he exactly. could say, like, hey, we're going to get free ice cream on Thursdays. And they're like, fuck that. What's, what's that going to do to middle America ice cream manufacturers or some shit? Exactly, exactly. And but for them, I guess it. I don't know. It's it's okay. So this is the thing that was really weird because I I didn't vote for Trump. Right, uh, I'm not a fan of his. But when like I wasn't paying attention to like the the China tariff trade and everything, right? Where he's like, you know, it's way too unbalanced and such and such. We're gonna have to do this. Which yeah, if, if you're gonna have to fuck up something in order to get to, to, to apply leverage, that's just how it works. You know, it would be nice if they didn't. And everybody's ah, oh, he's just being racist. He's being racist. Then the COVID nineteen comes out and like, hey, where's all of our medical supplies? Oh, shit. Yeah, because and that's and that was like, oh fuck, he had a point. God damn it, you know. Yes. So it, that's that's the thing is that Trump. Um, yeah, that's a, that's such a great point because we have no medical supplies. Like eighty percent of our medications are made in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everybody wants to blame Trump for this, and which I, I, I don't have any problem with that, considering everything he said to be like, oh, we, you know, in a couple of weeks we'll have nothing. There will be hardly any, any virus, nothing. So I totally understand shitting on Trump for his response. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Trump's not the one who sent jobs overseas. Mm-hmm. Yes, he benefits from it now, mm-hmm. but we voted for Democrats and Republicans and Joe Lieberman like independents who shipped our jobs overseas, mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, they sided with corporations over labor and union disputes. Um, and in the last bailout, they gave money to corporations instead of people. Yeah. So, hey, we've moved a step I mean, in the right direction. At least we're getting more of it this time, I guess. But, uh, I mean, I think they give away all of our money. They, they broke off. So they, they chipped off a little bit of cheddar for us, you know. I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. And you know well, what? yeah. I mean, that's a great example. They gave us they gave us twelve hundred dollars out of like sixteen sixteen thousand, roughly, or eighteen thousand, somewhere in between there, um, per person, and we each get one thousand two hundred. Like Republicans gave us something, but they sold us out just as much as Democrats did in twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. But how are you supposed to get, go to Democrats now and say, "Well, they just gave us money. You didn't. Like, how did you do better? You know? Uh, you know what the coup de gras is going to be." All right, and guys, if you're listening to this, friggin', I'm thinking of, I'll find a way to put money on this. Uh, September 9th, 2020, Trump's going to hold a pro- press conference because he's probably going to be down in the polls, right? He's going to be a little worried. He says, all right, uh, I've decided if you elect me, I'm going to legalize cocaine, which will be tremendous, <laughs> as well as dating 16-year-old girls on the federal <laughs> level. All right. Donald Trump, he's just going to drop the mic and just walk off and eat a, you know, like, he'll do something crazy like that. Trump, every- <laughs> he won't do that. He's a, ma- so Trump is actually, I don't know if you heard that Lev Parnas tape, the dude from the Ukraine or Russia or whatever, but he leaked that tape and Trump is actually a massive anti, anti-drug guy. Yeah. Uh, he's never, like, had, he never had a cigarette or had anything like that, right? Yeah, he says he's never had a drink either, but he used to have his own vodka. So I don't completely believe him, but he he definitely does think that marijuana and anything harder than marijuana makes you stupid. He's made that very clear. So yeah, he he wouldn't do that, but I could imagine him. I could imagine him doing some crazy, super left type stuff. 
um, and and while giving another giant tax breakaway or something mm -hmm. to corporations, like I can imagine him doing that kind of stuff to win votes. Ooh, uh, you know, I just thought of something, another thing that where he was, uh, and keep in mind, um, I, half my family is from Mexico, right? So it's not like I, I've, even though I don't look like I'm Mexican, trust me. <laughs> like, right. Uh, so, when we had to start shutting down the borders and be like, holy crap, the COVID, once again, COVID is basically like this weird drawn out 9-11 that's freaking happened. You know, We've I mean? already passed 9-11. Yeah. Death. Right. And you know what? If it's only a couple of thousand or even 10,000, we'll get off light, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but it's weird because when he kept talking about border security and everybody kind of like, I think on the left, at least because that's what I get on my Facebook feed is that if you talk about border security, that's code for being racist and wanting to keep out immigrants. Right. Like, there are definitely people who do that, but it's like I have never, because of that 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 talking point, I've never really taken a look at it because it's kind of like this weird third rail, right? So now at a time where it's like, now I don't think there's like droves of, um, uh, you know, everybody, because every country's kind of sealed off their own borders and shit, Right. Because they're all kind of circling their own wagons, but it's mm -hmm. like, oh shit! If we had to keep everybody out, could we? And like, oh no, we can. like, okay, not that the wall would have been the answer, I wouldn't have, but it's it's just one of those things where I'm like, god damn it! <laughs> like, what? He kind of had a point, and I don't want to fucking admit it. And so just... here's the thing: is that <laughs> the experts before all this started, when it uh, very first started, the experts regarding. Um, uh, uh, viruses and stuff like that, they actually suggested, they said, well, the first thing everyone's going to want to do is shut down borders. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the last thing we should do because when you do that, people lie and, and restrict air travel. Shut down borders, restrict air travel. Mm -hmm. And the reason, according to these experts, that you shouldn't do that is that when you do that, people lie and that they know that they're sick and they don't tell anybody and they travel anyway. Mm -hmm. And they find whatever way they can and they don't tell anybody but the thing is is that i never heard democrats ever say that they say they said he was racist um for shutting on the border and all this stuff about china um but they actually eventually caved and were like oh no no that is the right thing to do all these other countries are doing it, so it's the right thing to do but when you actually listen to the experts, like they said that this isn't what we should have been doing, that we should have been focusing on health care, making sure everyone's tested before they come in, that they have that they have access to health care, well, um, and that shutting down borders is just a way to conceal it. Well, I think you're damned if you do, you're damned if we didn't, no matter what. And this is this is what I've discovered after watching uh, the – I stopped watching the White House pref briefing, pref, uh, press briefings. Because I found that it's just basically everybody's waiting for the, the next reporter to try to piss off Trump and Trump to be like, shut mm -hmm. the fuck up, you know, because they get clicks that way and stuff. And I, because that one, I was laughing hysterically. That one guy's like, well, why? He was trying to get Trump to say something. I think it was a CNN reporter. And he's like, you're really horrible at your job. What are you trying mm -hmm. to do? And when everybody's saying, well, he should have done this, he should have done that, absolutely right. But uh, swine flu, avian flu, H1N1, all serious, all high death tolls and stuff. Not to say, I'm not trying to downplay this, but we've been playing Russian roulette when it comes to virus outbreaks for a long time, I think. And I think this time was that we, this was the closest that there was really something in the chamber. Like, holy crap, we're not prepared. We're not prepared. This is not, we're, we're screwed. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when folks are like, how could he not have uh, acted sooner? 
like, do you think this is the first time somebody came and came screaming to the White House and saying, oh, my God, this is going to destroy everything. We got to do something now uh, because that's their job, not to cause panic, but to prepare for the worst situation all the time. And they're like, no, this one is tricky because so many people could pass it along and they don't even know it. Like, oh, shit, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And when you started seeing the whole world shut down, you're like, oh, OK. Nobody really knew for the most part. I think Germany had mm-hmm. a good idea, but <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to go and there with that you, one. <laughs> but you're, you're so right, Dave, because you can't say that we were prepared when 87 million people are uninsured or underinsured. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, you can't be, you can't make the claim that, oh, well, everybody, we would have been fine if we had elected Hillary Clinton or, you know, <laughs> if Trump wasn't in charge, well, this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. There's plenty of places with great healthcare systems that got hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but guess what? What we do know is that places that prepared for shit like this were able to respond to it a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So why don't we prepare for it? Yeah, well, I mean, like, when when I heard uh, Boris Johnson getting put in ICU, I'm like, Britain had a pretty decent healthcare system. I mean, they had a better one than uh, than we did, I think. Uh, at least more people were able to, uh, to, to take part in their system, I guess, right? Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, well, running out of beds and something. Like, yeah, because we never thought about something that, like, we're using the same tactics that we did back in the 1400s, basically, right? Which is quick. Well, there's... Or, a- there's actually laws regarding um, – this is on P- NPR the other day – regarding how many hospital beds mm-hmm. you're allowed to have. Oh, really? So it's all due to efficiency standards and trying to spend as little on healthcare as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's something – I don't know how long it's been around, but your, your, your municipality controls how many hospital beds there are. And mm-hmm. like if you want to open a hospital, you would have to fill out an application saying why you would need exactly how many beds you need – um, for the population and mm-hmm. why. So, like, if it doesn't fit their formula of, like, hey, you'll have too many beds, uh, you would have to explain, well, there's this, uh, maybe there's, like, a, I don't know, a fucking nuclear plant or something that's making everybody sick. And you're like, mm-hmm. everyone in this town is sick, so we need more beds. So, yeah. I mean, it's a systemic thing, and people, they want to blame it on on politics or Trump or whatever, and they don't want to, you know, self-reflect. I mean, I don't want to let Trump off because right. he's totally, he's totally fine with this system. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> he, he wants to profit off of this system mm-hmm. and he only wants to change it if he profits off that. So like, I, I don't want to give passes, but it just, it drives me nuts that people act like this is a, this is a Trump thing. No, this is a thing that would happen regardless, and we didn't prepare for it because we're happy with the status quo. Well, isn't that one of the strangest thing about uh, not uh, about the whole the, about the coronavirus or is that there's so many people like let's put it this way I have been I work for a catering office right so mm-hmm. uh, I'm the head of the catering office I'm also I got one driver that's the only person we didn't lay off. Everybody else is gone. So uh, I am busy trying to make sure that when this whole thing lifts, that there's a business for people to come back to. And right. it's like, it's constant stress. It's it's not the most fun time in the world. But then I'll look online and somebody is like, man, it sucks being inside all day. I've done, I'm so bored watching Netflix and playing video games. And I'm like, eh. oh my gosh, you. <laughs> I, I, I get it. Like I would be too if I was in your position, but I'm not in your position, you know. And but the cool thing was because I mean, 
like I was talking about with the owner of the company, and he was like, dude, if we get shut down, I'm going to lift so many weights. I'm like, right? <laughs> so, yeah. It sounds stupid, but right. <laughs> By the way, oh, so this is the bit, because if folks you don't know, Derek has been uh, saying fuck you to the quarantine. <laughs> I'm being silly here. Uh, but there's a there's a basketball court near where he lives that he wants. That's where his exercise is, right? Even though they're like, you know, you should all stay inside. My point is, this is the reason why we can't have national health care, Derek, is because people like you. <laughs> I'm obeying the order, dude. I'm obeying the order. Everyone wants to argue with me, but it says you're allowed to publicly recreate. It's perfectly fine to publicly re- recreate so long as you maintain social distancing, which I have always done. Mm-hmm. I have never broken social distancing my exercises. <laughs> I've been good ever since I got back from Kentucky, and uh, they well, you know what they did? They mm-hmm. took away my goddamn hoops at Fuller Park, and then they left the hoops up at the schools. But what oh. they did at the schools was saying no one's allowed to use school property mm. because of the thing. Even if you're just chucking a ball at a backboard with no possibility of catching coronavirus, you're not <laughs> touching any of the equipment or any of that bullshit. Right. But even though, you can't go. You can't uh. be on school property or else you're a fucking basketball fugitive like me. <laughs> So Dude, I'm a basketball man. fugitive. I retired. I'm, I have a summer off. I'm, <laughs> I'm very privileged until August. And so until then, I'm a fucking basketball fugitive and a political analyst. There you go. <laughs> Just put that on your resume. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hashtag basketball fugitive. Oh, so, uh, shit, where was I going before I got sidetracked? Sorry. Oh, so what I was, no, 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 I was thinking is that, so we were thinking about, because we we're both, I mean, my boss is way more stressed than I am because my name's not attached to any of the paperwork that goes along with that business, you know, mm-hmm. but he was like, he just wants a like, I, I just wish I could have like a, just a break for a little bit from all of this, you know, and then like, would be so, what, what an amazing time to really focus on. Not just sitting around not doing anything, because I think you, everybody wants to do that for like a day or two, but then eventually you're kind of like, all right, um, like we're creative people. It's not a big problem for us where I'm like, oh, I've got three days by myself. Oh, I'm going to start writing or I'll start mm-hmm. painting or I'm going to start, I'm going to delve into a couple different albums and stuff and then see if I could try to create some music afterward. You know, you would find something because we're already used to looking inward. And that's that's kind of part of the uh, the the mo for a lot of artists. But there's so many people where they're like their life was about their job. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no job anymore. Like, what do you mean there's no job? And what happened to me? Like, well, that's a good question. What did happen to you? Who do you want to be? What do you want to do? So I think there'll be in certain respects. I think there'll be a lot of people who are gonna uh, they're gonna go through some hell, 
but they're going to learn something out of this and be like, holy shit, maybe, maybe I'm not focusing as much on what my life should be as what it is. And then I think there's a lot of people that get really involved in an addiction. I'm expecting a lot of people, uh, alcoholics and pain pills and stuff like that. I think that's going to skyrocket. It, because, alcohol did. I saw I saw a report on alcohol numbers, and it's through the roof. Mm-hmm. How crazy was it with it? Like, listen, we need to Denver. We're everybody stay in, you know, stay in shelter, stay in place. Guess what? We're shutting down all non-essentials. That includes liquor and weed. Hey, does anybody hear a mob outside? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I actually had beat um, Sticky Fingers as my local dispensary, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, I had actually beaten the rush by literally, as I was walking out the door, the lion formed. It was wow. crazy. I'd never seen anything like that before. There, nobody ever goes sticky fingers. Right. So, they're good people. Uh, they don't pay me, but I, I'll, I'll hawk their shit because I went there today. Get some redheaded stranger. Oh, hey, listen, <laughs> if anybody, just to let you know, uh, the views expressed on the show directly affect or uh, contributed to sticky figures, and it will continue that way until they actually pay for sponsorship. And then that's... That's <laughs> said the bell to stickies. Yeah, exactly. Said the bell to sticky. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, isn't that kind of crazy? Where like, like, listen, man, you could take away uh, this civil liberty and that civil liberty, but you freaking touch my alcohol or my weed. That's it. That's what Denver says. No. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I guess there's a line there somewhere. That's good, but. <laughs> Yeah. I actually said to my roommate, I was like, so should we go get alcohol? And both of us were like, nah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's not a necessity. I went and got it today, but I, yeah, if there's a pinch, like, I can stop. I don't care. Weed, on the other hand, I'm like, oh, I, I can, but why would I ever? Right. <laughs> you know what? I think the weed that I have at my house, it's still, it's been there for so long. I doubt it's even going to get me high at this point. <laughs> Because uh, I don't smoke a whole lot. I, I'll take, like, if I buy, like, a couple of nugs or whatnot, and they're just like, all right, I'll smoke one or two bowls, and that's it. Then I'll put it away. I'm like, I'll smoke that later, like, in a couple of days. Five months goes by. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot I have weed. I should probably So you don't get high this. very often, do you? Not barely, no. Do you do mushrooms very often? No, I haven't, but I want to. Oh, do you? Yeah. Cool. I'm I'm a big fan of them. Oh, okay, We'll set up. We'll that'll, have, be the, that'll be the next podcast. Yeah, we, uh, we'll have to have a, a secret underground uh, podcast regarding that. Yeah, it's going to be a three-hour podcast of just me crying for three hours. And they're like, "Wow, you make me feel like an asshole because you're out there working your dick off, like you're still keeping <laughs> capital flowing throughout society, and I'm just walking around doing mushrooms, chilling the fuck out, not giving hey. a fuck about all this shit. I feel what? very privileged, and you make me feel like a dick. So we should." Dude, don't even. First of all, between both of us, this is two fine Americans living American lives as they're supposed to. So, bam. That's, I think, that's, if anybody says, like, what, he's just walking around doing shrooms all day? Hey, like an American. You're goddamn right he is. He's... <laughs> Every couple of days, if you try to do them consecutively, it just doesn't work. Right. So, you should probably give yourself a week or whatever, but, I mean, when you're just sitting around and you're like, well, the whole world is collapsing. Mm. I, um, I'm stuck at home all day and not able to get a job. And if I were, there's a good chance it could kill me. Hmm. <laughs> Why not trip? <laughs> right? Seems like a fairly good idea, I think. I could start taking that to my boss. I'm like, listen, I got an idea. <laughs> like, hear me out. 
Take was it these. one day a week? Yeah. Trip balls, eat food. <laughs> At the end of it. I can imagine. Like, I've heard stories of, like, servers that uh, will, like, be tripping balls and still work their shift. I'm like, how? I would, like, why would you do that, first of all? Because, for me, I would think I, the fear of being in the weeds would be so strong that I would just start flipping out and hallucinating. And I'm like, oh, I'm definitely stabbing somebody. Like, it's... It's, There's no con- being a server. So there might be some jobs that uh, trip and trooms would be possible on, but server would be the last one because you have to remember shit and you have to have a concept of time. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that goes is your concept of time. Right. Maybe they would bring it very quickly, and they would be, but it would be like very weird because they'd call it in, and then you'd go to the kitchen and they'd start pounding on the line window, and be like, "Give me my food! Give it now! <laughs> oh, it's been forever!" Like. Like, dude, the ticket's still printed, you piece of shit. It might be really good, but uh, no, you. I feel like that's a job that requires concepts of time. Oh, uh, yeah, well, uh, some of this point, we'll we'll get in touch after the podcast uh, after we we stop hitting record just for federal purposes because. Uh, well, first of all, Trump's not going to listen to this. I mean, the only way that any world leader will listen to this is if I mentioned North Korea and Kim Jong Un. And Pyongyang and how they're, I'm sure they're tickled pink. It probably had something to do with this. I'm not, I'm just, I heard that somewhere. I heard they had a tremendous amount to do with it. And either way, just by saying that, somebody from Pyongyang is going to listen to this podcast. Because <laughs> it happened once, be- did I tell you that? It happened once before? Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had, It was the band um, uh, People Corrupted People. I was doing a podcast with them. And then they were talking about, it was just, were, everybody's high, we're being silly. And they were talking about prostitutes. And I'm like, can you imagine being with a prostitute in North Korea or a North Korean prostitute? And I'm like, yeah, they won't shut up about Kim Jong-un. Like, they'll just keep saying, like, <laughs> you're trying to have sex. And they're just saying, you know, he's so much better at this than you. <laughs> like, that's all that happened. So now you keep dropping his name hoping to get more viewers yeah, exactly. from the fucking state party <laughs> so, of North Korea. <laughs> You're going to start doing, like, actual North Korean news, like, (laughs) Peng Wang over in District 4 has been talking very badly about the leader. Oh, do you hear this on the podcast? Get to District 4! They're talking shit about the leader! David Jermaine, uh, actor, uh, comic, responsible for no less than 200 deaths in Pyongyang (laughs) and its surrounding... You're like the Orson Welles of North Korea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so 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 funny after like a week out or a week or two after this episode i was looking up you know my stats of where the listeners were and i had one listen from pyongyang north korea <laughs> and i was like whoa that is hilarious so i wonder he's just like listen if anybody's talking shit about me i want to know their name and i'm like oh all right so I've often wondered, like, I feel like, I feel like, um, despite all, like, the despotism and the human rights violations that, like, when you actually sat down and hung out with him, he'd be overall a pretty cool guy, but he's just like, dude, if I don't just murder whoever, like, your leader's gonna fuck me over, so, (laughs) nah. (laughs) Like, I I get that weird feeling, but also, he also could be exactly like Trump. You know what I mean? He could just be that version of Trump. 
And they're like, okay, first of all, I'm not going to buy... You're not saying you killed all those people because of Trump. First of all, I don't buy that shit at all. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I don't like him, but I'm not going to go that far. All right? Second of all, explain what happened before he even got elected. <laughs> like, I don't know. No, cost. no, I don't mean Trump as a... As, I mean, like, our <laughs> no, leader. It would, just exactly. be really, it would be hilarious if Kim Jong-un was just like, uh, listen, man, the only reason all this shit happened is because of your guy. I oh yeah! Want to do any of that? Everybody, there's going to be people that be like, "Yeah, see, it's Trump's." So there is, there is a, a, like, I can, I can extend this to um, the the political ph- philosophy of why, like, countries like Iran and North Korea should, in their best interest, like, have a nuclear weapon, right? Right. And that extends in theory. Now, I don't believe this shit because I believe in democracy and all that other shit, but. Um, if uh, they think that, you know, if they don't get a nuclear weapon, if they don't run their countries the way they do, that we will overtake them, uh, like, physically or to, like... Economically un- and stuff, that's... Economically or get a revolution going or whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, there is an argument that I think it kind of stops at nuclear weapons. Like you can be like, well, how isn't it the responsibility to get a nuclear weapon? So we don't invade them. (laughs) Um, Like, Mm -hmm. I think like that's about where that line stops when you're like, Oh, well, shouldn't when when I start saying, well, shouldn't they oppress their people and and listen (laughs) to all the conversations? That's going to be like, ah, Derek, you kind of jumped the shark on this one. Somebody (laughs) just made a clip of that. And that'll be the next time you ever try to run for office. (laughs) Like Derek Bland, totally okay with North Korea beating the shit out of people. Like what? Oh, says right here on the Disjointed Podcast. That's responsible for 200 deaths. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only in Pyongyang. <laughs> yeah, that's that will be a hashtag. Only in Pyongyang. Come on. That had nothing to do with Cleveland. Uh, I'm going to laugh if someday you get like an invitation. Be like, from <laughs> the, this cordial invitation with our grand leader, Kim Jong-un. For his for his great podcast in the United States, Dave Jermaine, like they actually think that you're like <laughs> you're like their Joe Rogan because <laughs> that guy goes and he just copies your shit and he blasts it out to everybody and everyone in North Korea is like they find out that he's actually written by David Jermaine. <laughs> Dude, you know what? If I get it's like we're gonna give you this award, I'm like I'll. I'll make a video of my acceptance speech, and the entire time I'll just have somebody have a gun to my head and be like, "I would like to thank gloriously, <laughs> just so that way they feel like they get the whole thing, the whole, the whole, the whole thing." But uh, oh my gosh, man, we've been we've been at this for a bit. This is this is what I love about these podcasts. We just talk forever. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's round through here. Well, with uh, with one political, one last political question. Hmm. Who do you think? Uh, besides a team of, uh, of doctors, uh, will be Biden's running mate. <laughs> like, uh, it's been kicked around a couple people. Um, the three that I've heard have been, um, unfortunately I can't remember her name, but I remember she is the governor of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is awful. Um, she ran against universal health care to become governor. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, she, I think, was funded. Uh, she used to work for Blue Cross Blue Shield. Okay. So she's from the healthcare industry, does not want everybody to have healthcare unless they pay for it uh, as much as possible. As they, unless they pay as much as possible for it. Right. Um, next is Kamala Harris. Um, I've heard that one a lot as well. And who ran for president? Everybody knows. I don't have to go too deep into that one. And then the last is Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. She ran for governor of Georgia, should have won. Um, the the governor 
the current governor, um, oh, name is on the tip of my tongue, but um, current governor, uh, Kemp, he literally, his campaign team was found guilty of vote harvesting. Um, uh, and like literal li- actual voter fraud, <laughs> um, not nice. actually something, not something that's discovered very often in American politics. And so he stole that election, kicked hundreds of thousands of people off the voter rolls, oh. almost all black people and, uh, not almost all, but mostly black people. And, uh, yeah, so she, and she barely lost. She was endorsed by Bernie early. She's for Medicare for all. Um, and ever since then. She's she's the, now the head of the Center of American Progress, which is um, mm. a not great think tank that was very Hillary Clinton centric um, stuff like that. So it's like a no, political no, baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I don't have a lot against her. Um, being the head of the Center of American Progress isn't great. She also took a ton of money from Michael Bloomberg. She has a, a nonprofit and. Uh, Bloomberg gave her, I don't remember how much, but a lot of money uh, so he could speak at her nonprofit, and everybody kind of took that as an endorsement. And it's like, Michael Bloomberg's a piece of shit. Uh, I've worked, I worked for the Sierra Club before, and they've taken money from Michael Bloomberg, so maybe I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> he's got <laughs> a lot of give, money. He didn't give it directly to me, but he funds these things like the Beyond Coal campaign, stuff like that. Uh. So... Um, I never got direct money from him, but uh, you could say I did yeah. <laughs> tangentially. Um, but like, uh, yeah, those aren't very good VP picks, honestly. None of them, especially the governor of Michigan. That's a very bad one. But the other two are like, they they check some boxes identity wise. But one has a history of fighting um, legalized marijuana. Come on, Harris. She yeah. also didn't. She didn't um, prosecute Steve Mnuchin, Trump's Treasury Secretary, who literally took like an old lady. And kicked her out of her house for thirty-seven dollars. Uh, yeah, so like she's a, she's a piece of shit. <laughs> her own well, dad thing, is against her. Weird, well, that was a weird thing when folks were like, "Hey, oh my gosh, everybody was for Kamala and stuff," and I'm like, "Okay, I didn't know much about her, and the only thing I really knew about her it was uh, her like talking about how many people she's locked up for marijuana." And yeah. I was like, "Nope, nope," or that she was going to prosecute parents for. Uh, That's uh, the big one. And that was the other one, and I was kind of like... Truancy. Truancy. Yeah. Prosecute them for their kids not going to school. Which I I understand the concept of it, but I'm like, um... I, I, uh, yeah, I don't want somebody with that much authority, or that if that's how they use authority and power, I really don't want... Like, they're mm-hmm. strong, and then there's abusive, and I'm like, mm, that could be teetering, but then again, I don't know her. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I like uh, Tulsi. I know she's not a perfect candidate, but I um, I liked her. Um, so I don't know. And, it was and people shame. Did did you? Okay, well, I got to ask you about that. Then how did you feel about the way Democrats? Uh, I don't know how many of them you got to see. Probably the only ones you probably got to see were from my feed. But how did you <laughs> feel about the way that they talked about Tulsi Gabbard? Uh, I think that it's it's. I felt it was Hillary Clinton's words coming out of a lot of people's mouth. Is how I felt about it. Uh, I don't think she's uh, an established. Like I said, she's not perfect, man. She's got a weird, uh, like her family's got some really weird religious, freaking hardcore uh, fundamentalist views and stuff like that, which she says that she's evolved from. But I mean, like, I also understand, like, I grew up in a fairly religious house, too. So it's not like I know once that stuff is kind of in you, it takes a lot of time to to kind of really work through it, you know? And, exactly. And- how many? I, that's a great point, Dave. 
how many of these Democrats, right, were brought up in a super liberal household that they their parents were super pro gay marriage and all this other shit, and they always they never had to even change their mind, right? Tulsi mm-hmm. Gabbard, and had I ever believed religion. I would have been mm-hmm. in the same position, so I totally understand where she's coming from. Is yeah. that she was brought up in a super hardcore Hindu household that said the same thing as American Christianity mm-hmm. that it's against nature or whatever and is blasphemy or whatever. So she was able to grow up under that pressure saying, Hey, if you disbelieve this, you're gonna go for all eternity to be tortured. Mm-hmm. And she still was able to think about this. And come to the conclusion that it's okay before he'll step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hillary Clinton did, and people hold that shit against her. And you know what? I went the same way, and that's what really annoys me, is that people hold that shit against her. Like, there was a bunch of shit she did that's outside of that, like how she treated Trump's impeachment and all this other stuff. Like there's lots of stuff I don't like about her. She still was my number three person mm-hmm. because like I, I watch these Democrats go through their whole life, just believing everything they hear on MSNBC or what their mommy and daddy tells them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of us actually had to like grow up with controversial or not PC or hyper religious people. Mm-hmm. And we had to like, think about what everybody was telling us. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, that's not, that's not right, and right. come to our own conclusions, and you know, <laughs> and they think that the fact that we ever doubted, you know what I mean, the fact that we ever thought anything different, is crazy. I was a Republican until 2006, mm-hmm. and I voted against Bernie Sanders. I was living in Vermont. Mm-hmm. I voted against him, and he won by like 82 percent, I think it was, in 2006. Uh-huh. So it was like uh, so, you and three other people that voted against them. Gotcha. Right. In Vermont, yeah. especially, right? Yeah. And I was on a suite full of Republicans, mm-hmm. and they had said uh, – or no, I had said, how the hell did that communist win by 80%? And they were like, well, we all voted for him. And I was like, <laughs> why would you do that? He's a communist. Why would you do that? And they said, go land trust housing in Burlington and what do you do with telecommunications in Burlington? Why does it not cost a shit ton to have internet or phone or anything there or cable? Um, and why is there hardly any homelessness there? It's because Bernie did those things there and literally the next day I changed my affiliation. Mm. These people ain't never doing that. They've been told vote Democrat their whole life because they're better, they're nicer, they're more for civil rights or whatever. They never had to change their goddamn minds about nothing. And that's why they hate Tulsi Gabbard. That's they hate her. Because well, thinks her own fucking way. Yeah. Well, it shines a light. And, you know, this is something that I think that uh, I've been thinking a lot about this as far as, like, the difference between generations and stuff, right? Uh, and the, you could say that with every generation, we get more, and the safer we get, the more emotional introspective that we get. So the previous generation is probably going to look upon it as weak. I, I thought of this when I was looking at a picture of, uh, of my dad, right? And I lost my dad when I was 12. And my dad was born in 1938. So that's from a completely, that's a different type of American. 
That's a different type of man back then. And I was looking at this picture and I was like, man, I wish I could have one more conversation so I could tell him how much I love him and how much he means to me. And then I look, took another look at that picture and I was like, no, that would be a horrible idea. That's the last thing you ever want to tell a dude from that era. He was like, <laughs> I can imagine what he'd call you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'd be like, like shut uh, up, pussy. Like, yeah, we, break. yeah, exactly. And so yeah. I was like, huh. And I was thinking about this and I'm like, I think what with, uh, you know, in every generation, but I'm a Gen Xer, but I'll say every generation, I think it's kind of a responsibility to look at least two to three generations back constantly and seeing what we're used to be and under, understand that if you grew up in that era, you know, if you grew up in an era where after Japan attacks Pearl Harbor and the amount of, like, propaganda they got thrown at the American people because they needed to mobilize them because it was a super, like, I was listening to a podcast about the Asia Pacific or, you know, it's, it's like, holy crap. Yeah, we were brutal, but like, that's how else do you fight uh, an enemy that's that skilled and that deadly and that dangerous? They were freaking, they were truly worthy adversaries. Uh, I would think as far as Japan goes, but the whole thing was not that I'm trying to justify racism, but I'm saying is that if you grew up in that era, you kind of have to understand why somebody would have those misconceptions about the world and like, oh, they're all just trying to kill you. No, because at that time, that's all you were told. And so, like, how, like, we were talking about, like, how is it that you, you, you grow out of that and change your own mind and make your own mind? That's a very difficult thing to do. And it takes time for a whole civilization to do it. And we've come a long way, and we still got a ways to go. But uh, I think when, we've, when we forget, when we dismiss, and this today's day and age, we were really good at dismissing everybody else's view and their pain, and their struggles, and we love to, like, move goalpost arounds and, you know, <laughs> and arguments and shit. But I think when we, we forget that part of humanity and that time and that era, we're really doing a disservice to the future generations. Because, like, I didn't do any... I, I inherited a world where people knew that it was wrong to be racist. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, you, I actually still go back to that place on vacation to see my family. <laughs> it's called Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, it's got it's one of those things where it's kind of like no, like as much as we, you know, like I was I was thinking about like the millennials and stuff. I'm like, oh, these guys inherited a world where the you know being gay is way more accepted than it ever has been before. But I'm like, wait a second, I inherited a world. That, you know, it's just like we kind of keep moving it forward and stuff. But I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting what the other generations, the kids who were in their 20s back in 1975, what they were doing to try to move the ball forward. You know, so I think a lot of people I think a lot of people forget that about everybody in this country, <laughs> especially when you live around a lot of people who say that they agree and all the same shit as you. Mm-hmm. Uh so it can be easy to be like, there are people out there who still believe in God. There's people in there. There's people out there who think being gay is weird. Like, there's people out there that are freaked out by other races. Like, <laughs> you know, it's our own insulation, like our isolation. Sorry, um, mm-hmm. from from those other groups. That like, I know people here who are like. They can't believe that I speak to specific types of people. Like, I don't have any Nazi friends, of course, but, like, there's hyper-conservative people who think that, like, um, 
that like they should have that those types of people should have like their own types of freedom of speech and stuff and that they should be able to you know do things way worse than i agree with and the fact that i would even talk to those people and agree and be able to try to win conservatives over preach to the sinners the fact that i'd even try to preach to the sinners mm-hmm. is bad of myself you know mm-hmm. what i mean and so like i people people around denver think that oh you know everybody everybody thinks the same way like everybody thinks like me i mean everybody down in kentucky thinks the same same way too but unless you're willing to actually talk to him like you're never going to bridge that gap <laughs> i was uh i was at a mic with hamill up at fort college uh earlier this year and uh i, I had this uh, this idea or this bit when uh, an old high school buddy of mine by the name of peter saeed uh, who we went to the same high school in Apple Valley, California, and we used to do play like Dungeons and Dragons, and we were just big dorks, you know. And then we had all our other friends and stuff that were with us. And so, like, I was Southern Baptist. Our friend Sean was Catholic. Uh, another friend was atheist. Uh, Peter was Catholic, but his family, you know, for the most part, they're all from Egypt and stuff, right? And who was very much Egyptian. And then uh, Matt, I'm not sure what his religion was, but then there was also Nick. And he was also in our gaming, and he was a funny guy, he was a nice guy, as long as you didn't get him on the topic of Germany, World War II, or Jews, because his family were white supremacists, and, you know, he didn't walk around with a swastika, but he did have a flight jacket. He didn't have white laces on his docks, but he was wearing docks. You his parents I mean? were buying him the uniform. He just didn't quite know what it was yet. Yeah, and this is the weird thing was, and I was talking about it with Pete, uh, with my friend Pete, and I'm like... Did we used to play Dungeons and Dragons with a Nazi? Like, kinda. <laughs> like, he guess. didn't know he was. <laughs> yeah, no, isn't it weird? Yeah, it was strange. Because I was raised wanted... Nazi, but I was molested <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> he always wanted to play a drow elf. Is that weird? Because he always wanted to play the dark, the black elf. That's, I guess, I like, like on paper, yeah, total Nazi. But if you actually talk to the guy, you know. So either way, I thought there was a funny bit in that, and so. I was trying to, and the, granted, this was like the first or second time I tried it, but I was, uh, as I'm doing the bid up at Hody's at Fort Collins, Hamill sitting out in the crowd, and there was this older guy, uh, he seemed like a nice dude, but the moment I said, like, hey, did we play, did we used to be friends with a Nazi back in high school? This guy let out the biggest huff eye, slash eye roll, like, ugh, I can't believe he's talking about this. I'm like, does nobody else see the humor in this? Okay, well, maybe that's... <laughs> Wait, so your friends didn't even want to talk about it? Yeah, exactly. They were like, oh, don't. Was it no bring up that guy? or? Well, no, it wasn't even that. It was just the guy, one of the guys in the audience who was like. uh, Oh, because you were saying it as a bit. Yeah. I was up on stage talking about it, and he's like, what are you trying to, you know, I don't know if he thought I was trying to normalize or humanize. I'm like, well, we all are human. I don't agree with their shit either. But if you grew up around people that got a lot of hate in their heart, Telling them to shut up is not going to make them calm down. Or it's not going to wait to dissipate it. And I think, I don't know, I grew up in a small white trash town in Calif- out in the desert in California. So it's not like there was a bunch of really intellectual people that wanted to have thoughtful discussions about the nuances of civilization and different cultures. <laughs> yeah, and plus, so there's also like, uh, I've, I've encountered this when I went back to Kentucky. Oh my God, dude, I can't. This is the weirdest conversation I ever thought I'd have to have with somebody is that people who would get very uncomfortable when you talk about actual Nazis because uh-huh. of the fact that like Trump has Nazi supporters and therefore people on the left call Trump supporters Nazis. So mm-hmm. when you actually talk about any like 
I told the story about an ex-girlfriend of mine who went to the DMV and saw a woman knitting a literal swastika uh, <laughs> comforter for literally her grandson in Whoa. the prison. And when I brought this up to my Trump-supporting family member, they got very uncomfortable because I even said the word Nazi. Oh. And so – and here's the thing is that like they are definitely oh – God, I hate to say this about it. They're definitely not Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> but what they do is they do see us with socialist communist saying, hey, socialism, communism is fine, and they don't have any education on what either socialism is, what is difference between national socialism and Nazism is, because they've been watching History Channel on repeat for 20 years. And so when they hear you say, like, oh, yeah, I'm in the Democratic Socialist America, and we have events, and we have groups meeting up, and they un- they were like well then why are you guys so mad that nazis are meeting up like they d- they are not politically educated they don't know that like one of these groups is talking about meeting up and like mm-hmm. killing everyone <laughs> changing the laws to where that's okay like right. ignoring the law to just kill people extrajudicially like that group adam often they don't they don't hear about this shit they don't know it so they just wonder well why can you socialists start organizing and these nazis can't like it doesn't make sense to them and i actually have to have these conversations but if mm-hmm. i were to come back here and tell any of these assholes living in denver any of these liberals oh yes i have to talk to somebody about why nazis shouldn't be openly organizing and why everyone should know why that's a thing that everyone should know that's going on. <laughs> Why is it a big deal? Like, if you just tell that to anyone here, it's just, oh my god, you just must know the craziest, mm-hmm. worst people to ever walk this earth. They're like, no, they're just regular people who are not politically educated. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's really easy to get trapped in a bu- in our own particular bubble. You yeah, know what I mean, uh, it's I've had somebody I was talking with uh, was like, well, you know, maybe the microcosm that you live in, and he, you know, they kept using that phrase. And I'm like, what about the microcosm? The microcosm. We all the microcosm, live- Dave. You live in a tiny little microcosm. And you don't know anyone else thinks, Dave. That's what yeah. they're telling you. Yeah, no, exactly. Oh, this asshole. Well, uh, you know, it's there. This person's very close to me, so I've I've been dealing with that for my whole life. So that's fine. But <laughs> and, and if you're listening, dude, I still love you. But it's kind of like, um, but it's it's just really weird though because I'm like, well, how how do you know that you're not in a how do you know you're not in a bubble? Because unless you're actually trying to challenge yourself with different ideas, you know, and it's, 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 it's a very bizarre, like this, all this information is really, really knocked humanity for a loop. I think, you know, you know, you're in a, you know, you're in a bubble when you recognize it and then you seek information elsewhere. Um, like what, what? What if I we're know all that in bubbles? A... That that's the thing. We're all in bubbles, and the only way that you can actually, you know, get outside of it is to have friends in regular society who have to. Have you have to, to be friends with a Nazi. Just say it. Outside, just say... No, no. You you have to be. <laughs> you have to have at least one Nazi friend outside of You've... your. No, you have to have a real job like you, Dave. You have to have a real job where you deal with real people where – you know. You said this a long time on a podcast we did a long time ago that you don't get to shoot – work next to a goddamn Nazi who's just somebody you fucking hate and your your choice is either go starve or work. You know, yeah. And 
and a lot of these people don't have that experience. <laughs> they 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 couldn't say fuck you to this job. I don't want to work next to a Nazi. And that's the actual difference. That's one of those things that the internet really kind of moved because it used to be that whatever town you lived in, man, whatever the type of people that were there, that's what the type of folks that were there. And you didn't know about the the Dungeons and Dragons group two towns over. You know, you didn't know about the jazz ensemble people who were like in one the next town over after that. You didn't know about that. You just kind of like, well, shit, I'm just around a bunch of assholes, I guess, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's one of those things that we kind of like going back two or three generations and like, oh, this is what it used to be like. But uh, I find when I try to talk about that stuff on stage, I just sound like an old man screaming at a cloud. So, you know, <laughs> well, that's like what we're a, always fighting. Dude, I had I bombed so hard one night uh, up in Longmont. Like at one point, I think I screamed out, "Clean your room, asshole!" Like to the <laughs> crowd, and I was like, "Ooh, that went off the rails big time. <laughs> that was not good." So, eh, it's an art. But uh, so you, as we're as we're closing out here, normally this is the time I would ask him, like, "Hey, if there's anything you want to plug," but uh, you you said that you pretty much Stranahan's. You were drinking Stranahan's, and you say that's pretty yeah. much. I finished my Stranahan's. I'm on vacation. I um, vacation just means I ain't doing shit, and I'm doing it on purpose. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I don't have anything <laughs> to plug. I mean, my only suggestion is that like people go vote. You don't have to vote for the two parties. You don't have to organize with the two parties. Um, the only thing I'm really focused on helping helping now is ranked choice voting Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a group that is devoted to trying to make the ballot when it gets to you have – during the general election, um, like about three more columns. So you can vote for your first choice. You can vote for your second choice and your third choice. And then the person who gets the most points total wins. Um, that's the only group I'm helping right now, and I really – I'm sure that at the end of this, I'll end up working in politics again, but uh, I don't want to. I'd rather just help this group work. Uh, I don't give a shit cleaning jizz stalls at the porn shop for all I care. I don't care. I'd rather volunteer for politics and get stuff passed than actually get paid for it anymore. But the main thing I want to do is help pass ranked choice voting because then we don't have to keep voting for just Democrats and Republicans. We can vote for the best person and – then we can choose a second choice and say, yeah, if that person doesn't win, you know, this person, not worry about splitting the vote. That would be That's interesting. My big I like that. I like that. Well, man, thank you so much uh, for your time. Once again, man, I really appreciate this. Uh, and guys, uh, feel free if you're, uh, I'm try. I'm actually starting to use my Twitter handle a lot more. So by all means, uh, follow me on Twitter, disjointed films or on Instagram at disjointed pod. And uh, follow me here on Spreaker or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, once signing off for the Disjointed Podcast, my name's Dave Germain. And, for and I'm Derek Clinton. Yeah. Have a great week, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs>